Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Oh, a chance opening up, and a rebound out in front is Justin Danforth. Had a bouncing puck, and Anderson helps close the door with his defense. Right, that was a big-time save. Goudreau, he sets up Danforth, his shot right on, and a save's made by Anderson. Freddie's made timely stops. Now an opportunity, stepping right in his line, and Anderson makes the save. Now Jenner behind the net. Oh, Lining almost had a second in a row. Shea with it. This pass for Ajo to Jarvis. Back to Ajo. Jarvis is given a heavy hit in the corner boards there by Gabrikov. On front, they'll score! Loose puck, Seth Jarvis! Action pass, Tarasov, and we're tied at one. Lorinsky with it. His low drive rebounds out in front. Try to elevate it. Anderson might have got a piece of that one. Now Natchez for Carolina turning the puck the other way. Kokinievi and Natchez. Natchez on the backhand. He'll pull up. Set to the top. They'll score! With 90 seconds left in the period, the Canes take a 2-1 lead. Natchez almost comes up with a steal. Hounsborchek does come up with a steal. Gets it to Martinuk. Setback. Step on off of one foot. Save made by Tarasov. Natchez to the rebound. He scores! Oh, persistence. Thy name is Marty Natchez. Svechnikov will get it. Three seconds left, and Danforth will come out of the box. Kane's keeping the pressure on. Stasny behind the net. One-timer put on, and the saves made. Natchez was ready for that. And Svechnikov scores! Sharp angle! Andre Svechnikov lets it go, and the Canes go up 4-1. to one. Here's the ovation to finish this one. Sort of fun to be back, huh, Mike? You have no idea, partner. What a no idea. Great to have you back in the building. You set the tone. You got it going with a siren and all the smiles. Great Dane set the tone. Yeah. 31 saves tonight for Frederick Anderson. Carolina put 43 shots on Daniil Tarasov and got four by him. And they open up the season with a 4-1 win here in Carolina. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast with your host, Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And now, here's Adam. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. This is the first morning after podcast of the 2022-2023 season. First, my apologies. I know that I have owed you guys just a garden variety Canes Corner podcast for weeks. I did sneak one in with Trip Tracy about two weeks ago. But I understand that a lot has happened before and after and all of that. And we've been focused on these 25th anniversary podcasts. So please, I beg your forgiveness. But tonight was a good night, wasn't it? 
4-1 Hurricanes win. Before we go any further, may I remind you that the Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There's no place like it. So go check out what Sammy Hanna and his crew have in store for you and your home to make it more beautiful and more energy efficient. Online, aluminumcompany.com. Let me continue the apology. Um, And I hope you'll understand that these 25th anniversary podcasts, which are not done yet, we still have the second half of the one in 2002, and then some of the, you know, the, of the run to the Stanley Cup in 2002. So the second half of that is next week. And then we've got a couple more in the chamber that will drop uh, in, on subsequent Wednesdays. But I do, I understand that because I, I keep getting messages from people. Hey, I need a normal one. We need a normal one. We need it. What is going to happen this year? Who's going to be on the roster? Blah, blah, blah. Why is Jordan Martinuk in this with the Chicago Wolves? Which he never was, but fine. So we're going to try and do as much as we can in a short period of time tonight. So we're going to talk about the game. Then we're going to take a break. And then we're going to talk to the owner, Tom Dundon. So we sat down and had a, a long conversation with Tom. We're going to bring you about, oh, I don't know, 20 some odd minutes of that. Because uh, there's a lot going on. And we talked about a lot of different things, including the future of, uh, you know, team's not going anywhere, but the future of the roster, which maybe you'll find Somewhat interesting. Anyway, uh, let's get to what we saw tonight. Uh, First of all, and I know you guys have been waiting for this, you cannot, it has been mathematically proven, you cannot go 82-0 without first going 1-0. So we get that right out of the gate. You cannot, it's been proven, clinically, four out of five dentists surveyed say that you cannot go 82-0 without first going 1-0 Mission accomplished, Carolina, is 1-0. Slow start to the game. I thought Columbus was the better team in the first period. I thought Columbus was the better team in the first few minutes of the second period. They get the goal, the Patrick Lyon A goal. Really good play by Zach Wierenski to force the turnover from Jesper Foss along the wall. Puck pops out. They actually gave went back and gave Wierenski an assist on that. I guess I have no problem with it. Wierenski was right up against... Fost from behind. Maybe he just deflected it out. Lion A picks up the puck and it's a goal. He goes far side. He drifts over. Uh, goes far side wide on uh, on Freddie Anderson. one nothing. 11 seconds into the second period. Now I think you heard the highlight earlier and I believe it's this. Now an opportunity stepping right in his line and Anderson makes the save. Now Jenner behind the net. Oh, Lainey almost had a second in a row. Yeah, and that, were, that play was created by the linesman. Jacob Slavin is is retreating into his own zone. To I don't know if he had the puck or he was about to pick up the puck. And if you like, if you're a linesman, you're supposed to jump out of the way. The linesman didn't, so he steals the puck from Slavin. And it's picked up by Columbus, and it's a great opportunity for Lion A to make it 2-0. Huge save from Freddie Anderson, who did his best work early in this game. I, For my money, uh, first star of the game. I said it on the, uh, the, end of the, uh, the end of the aftermath, but to me, for my money, best star, best player in the game was Freddie Anderson. 
no disrespect at all to the other great players, and there were several of them in this game. So uh, Anderson makes that save to keep it 1-0, and then Seth Jarvis picks up a loose puck uh, behind the net. Really a play that I don't know if Sebastian Ajo said boo to Jack Roslovic, if he said trick or treat, because, you know, it is the month of Halloween. Uh, but ultimately, Jarvis collects the bad Really not a bad pass. It was a blind pass to nobody other than Seth. Uh, And he takes it out from behind the net. Backhand flip over Daniil Tarasov's glove off the inside of the post and in. 1-1. And from that point on, it was a one-sided hockey game. From that point on, Freddie still had to make some really good saves. There were some really good saves that Freddie had to make. Roslovic had a chance in the high slot that Freddie beat him with the shaft of his stick. Uh, but he made some other good saves as well. But uh, Freddie was excellent all game. But from that point on, Carolina was just the better team. And then, honestly, the play of the game really happened right here. With a, the, It probably started with about a minute 40, a minute 45 left, where Columbus should have taken a 2-1 lead. Orensky with it. His low drive rebounds out in front. Got elevated. Anderson might have got a piece of that one. Now Natchez for Carolina turning the puck the other way. Go Kenyemi and Natchez. Natchez on the backhand. He'll pull up. Set to the top. Don't score! With 90 seconds left in the period, the Canes take a 2-1 lead. Brady Shea. Yeah, look, look. The goal is great. It deflected in off of, I think, Zach Wierenski. But that should have been 2-1 Columbus. And again, Columbus didn't have very many uh, good moments from the Jarvis goal that tied the score through the end of the game. But they did have their chances, and that right there was the chance. That was the chance to take a 2-1 lead, probably into the third period. And obviously, you have no idea what happens after that. Uh, And that was less great save by Freddie. It was really lucky and more missed opportunity from Justin Danforth, who simply had an open net. I mean, the 80% of the goal is wide open. And all he's got to do is backhand flip it into the center of the goal, and it's a goal. Freddie's down. But he just kind of forked it basically right into the middle of the ice and Freddie deflected it wide and it went the other way. And there you go. And Natchez picks up the assist on the Shea goal. Good shot by Brady Shea because it was a pass out and he just one-timed. Brady's got a pretty good shot as we've all seen. So 2-1 Carolina with 90 seconds left in the period. And then the third period, it just continued to be uh, the hurricane show. And Martin Natchez starts the play. The 3-1 goal starts to play with a steal on the left wall. The rest of the fourth line that was on the ice, and in this case it was Martinuk and uh, Derek Stepan, they do a lot of the heavy lifting, and then Marty finishes it off. Natchez almost comes up with a steal. Hounsborn does come up with a steal. Gets it to Martinuk. Setback, Stepan off of one foot. Save made by Tarasov. Natchez to the rebound. He scores! Oh, persistence, Dynamic! Persistence, thy name, is Marty Natchez. Marty played very well tonight. 
you know, when you're thinking about what the Hurricanes need from this season in order to be as good as they think they can be, number 88, got to be good. Got to be really good. He was really good tonight. Andrei Svechnikov had a goal. Jesperi Kotkaniemi, really good. Won 11 of 16 faceoffs as well. Carolina was dynamite on the dot. They were 61% in the circle tonight. The only guy who wasn't great was Jordan Stahl. How about that? He only won 7 of 16. How did Jordan Stahl be the guy that couldn't win a faceoff tonight? Derek Stepan was good. Sebastian Ajo was good. Paul Stasny won three of uh, all three of his faceoffs tonight. Carolina's got faceoff depth now. You got Stasny, who was like fifty-six percent in the um, uh, in the circle last year, playing the wing. <laughs> they are loaded. They just happen to be almost all left-handed. But Nate just won two of his three faceoffs tonight. So that was uh, all of that very impressive. Uh, so look, Carolina's got a lot of a lot of weapons. Uh, in that uh, in that particular area, but good night in the uh, in the intangibles. Penalty kill was good tonight, and the uh, I thought the power play, in spite of not scoring, was also good. They had they had chances on the power play, and you can't complain about it. You get your chances, you'll eventually get your goals. But they certainly were not they were not boo worthy tonight on the power play. So slow start, great finish for one. Next case. Thought Carolina showed what their depth is all about tonight. I don't think it was their best line, but the fourth line was awesome. Awesome. And maybe based on amount of time played, maybe it was their best line. Derek Stepan and Jordan Martinook each individually had combined for six high danger scoring chances, three apiece. They led the team. Andre Kasha was also good tonight. That fourth line's going to be good. And at some point, we'll probably see Jack Drury be a part of that fourth line. Who knows? But Stepan, who signed his contract yesterday, one year, $750,000. I talked to him before the game. He's excited to be here, just like Calvin DeHaan is excited to be here. So the depth of the Hurricanes' forward line shows through. The stall line was very good. The Ajo line was very good. All the lines were very good, especially after the first period. Uh, we've already talked about how Natchez and Svechnikov and Kokanami played tonight. They were there was a very a very effective line, uh, and that's the line, especially on home ice, that's going to get so many favorable matchups. If Natchez, Kokanami, and Svechnikov, if that line, if the lines are as constructed right now for a good chunk of the season, in the forty-one home games, I'll be surprised if Svechnikov and Natchez. Don't push Svechnikov definitely, but I'll be surprised if Natchez and to an extent Kokaniemi don't push like 0.75 points a game. Because they should. They should get really favorable matchups when Rod has last change. They should be getting third pairs and uh, you know bottom six line matchups when Rod sends those guys out. And those guys are really good, can be really good offensively. And Kokaniemi is more of a distributor, uh, so much so that he and Slavin came down two-on-one in the first period, which is a really good scoring chance. And Kokaniemi really never presented himself as a shooter. 
I realize it was on his off shot, on his off side. He was on the right-hand side, and he's a left-handed shot. But he never presented himself as a shooter, and he waited too long in the past, never got through to Slavin. So they have to be better at that. He has to be better at that. But uh, there was an opportunity right there. So the depth shown, uh, third pair was excellent. Jalen Chatfield, uh, he wasn't their best defender, but I thought, and Rod talked about it in the postgame, Jalen Chatfield's speed is noticeable. And to me, we watched in the preseason, Dylan Coughlin had that three in the game, I guess it was here, against Tampa, where he had the three assists on the power play. And everybody has a great shot too, Coughlin. And everybody's excited about, oh man, Dylan Coughlin, what a steal, blah, blah, blah. And I read Greg Roshinsky's piece in uh, on ESPN.com about how Dylan Coughlin could be a difference maker. Yeah, he could be. And he's got a great shot. And he's good on the power play. But he's slow. And I'm not saying he can't play. He can absolutely play. But Calvin Dahan on one side, it's really hard to have Dahan play with somebody who's slow. <laughs> so maybe you could get Coughlin playing the left side. And I do think there are going to be plenty of nights where Coglin plays the left side and Chatfield plays the right, or Ethan Bear at times. But Chatfield's speed was noticeable tonight. And uh, I, I just thought he made a ton of really good defensive plays. Uh, he's got an offensive idea. Also, got a little grimy behind his own net, which I like to see as well. Look, you know me. I am not a fighter. But hockey is a game of physicality and aggression, and I liked what I saw from Jalen Chatfield. So there we got uh, we got the one and zero. We got the slow start, but a, a really good finish. We got the depth. We've already talked about Natchez, Svech, and yes, Barry Kotkaniemi, who are all very good. Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. There's a reason why that duo was fourth in the NHL in ice time together. In, um, among defensive pairs, fourth in the NHL, time on ice, and five on five. And by the way, they play a lot together while shorthanded as well. They get each other. They complement each other. Pesci is as smart a hockey player as you're going to find. Shea's a really good skater. He's a big body. And they played about 21 minutes tonight and were studs. Pesci was a plus four. Shea was a plus three. They hit. Uh, they had shots on goal. They had scoring chances. They were just everywhere you're supposed to be. Great night for that pair. And look, Burns and Slavin are going to be great every night, and they were really good tonight. But I thought it was. In, I thought it would be worth highlighting uh, Shea and Pesci uh, for what they did tonight. Uh, Pesci had five total shot attempts, three on goal, a couple of block shots, and a takeaway. And a plus four. Gosh, that's good. He had a penalty, too, but the penalty was kind of bogus, I thought. Uh, Shea had eight shot attempts, four on net, three hits, two takeaways. He gave away the puck once, but uh, we let it slide. Here at the uh, here at the home office, we let it slide. Slavin had a big night. Slavin played 23 minutes. Brent Burns played 22 and a half minutes. Uh, Burns had six shots on goal and seven other shot attempts. <laughs> uh, he also got into a little bit of a mix-up. Uh, you know, hey, look! After the whistle, let's dance. Let's just let let's just have a little fun. It is hockey. 
Uh, and then the final thing I wanted to talk about really quickly was Freddie Anderson. We hadn't seen Anderson in a game that mattered since the game at Colorado last year. I think it was what? It was early April, was it? Late March? I think it was early April. And that's the game in which, A, he got shelled, and B, he got hurt. And then Carolina didn't see their number one goalie for the rest of the season. So the playoff run, the 14 playoff games, are all played without Freddie Anderson. For the most part, it was Antti Ranta. Then, of course, it was Pyotr Kachetkov. Ranta was great. Kachetkov, when he played, was also great. I know Ronta wasn't great in Game 6 or Game 7 against the Rangers, but the Hurricanes did not lose the series to the Rangers because the goaltending wasn't good enough. They lost because the offense wasn't good enough. The penalty kill wasn't good enough. That's why they lost that series. So, But it's good to see Freddie Anderson back, and I thought Freddie was the best player of the game. That, to me... He was the player of the game. The save he made there that I played for you on Lion A. Uh, the save that he made on Roslovic. There was also a, uh, a two-on-one with Sillinger and Danforth. It was sort of a wacky two-on-one because I'm not, not even sure there was a, sh- a really good shot, but the puck just kept caroming around, and Freddie had to make a really good save. Uh, I think it was on Danforth to keep it uh, I think that might, it might have been scoreless at the time. I forget which period it came in. It was the first period, so it was a scoreless game. But he made a really good save in that period uh, to keep the game scoreless. So Freddie Freddie had to be on his game tonight. I mean, Columbus didn't have... I mean, they had a, a bunch of shots. He obviously made 31 saves. But he faced a lot of really difficult chances. And then, even though Columbus went about almost 10 minutes without a shot on goal in uh, like the middle to late part of the second period. When they did get chances, he had to answer. And he did. So, and again, also got a little lucky on the Justin Danforth try with uh, about a minute 45 left in the period. And then Brady Shea made it 2-1. And then it was all, the only thing left to do was the accounting. And the accounting says 4-1. Hurricanes. Adam Gold in studio with Sammy Hanna, owner and operator of the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Thanks for coming over. You brought a friend with you. I did, Adam. I brought Jeff Monsignor here with me today. It's great to have Jeff continue to be a part of the Aluminum Company. Obviously, took over the company from his father in 1984, and me and him had a great time growing the company through all those years, and now we're going to continue the legacy of the Aluminum Company with myself, Ryan, all the salesmen that have continued on with the company, Dallas Frewell, Danny Newman, Patrick Day, John Alexander, Jeff Hoffman, and my children are now starting with the company. Oh my gosh. So we've got a new generation kicking off with the aluminum company to continue on the legacy. So Sammy. Get in here, Jeff. uh, Can I say something? Please. I'm going to elbow him out of the way. If you're thinking about exterior home improvements, give the aluminum company a call. Sammy has done an unbelievable, fantastic job. It makes me proud that I was able to exit the company and somebody was able to take it over to keep up the high standards that I started. So I'm very proud of Sammy as well. You guys are amazing. Customer service is the best thing you guys do. 800-672-4348. Aluminum company.com tom dundon the owner of the carolina hurricanes first of all opening night everybody's excited um i've been thinking about this for a long time thinking about it all summer celebrating the 25th anniversary of this franchise 
the silver anniversary. That 25th anniversary of silver. What is this Stanley Cup made of? Perfect. Okay, I'm just I, I'm just floated out there. Uh, so I'm just going to let you finish this sentence. Your team is dot dot dot. This one's hard because I, I, we're we're pretty competitive with the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think we'll give ourselves a chance. And I think that's at this stage when you have this far to go, you want to be confident that you're that you have the talent and the work ethic and the coaching to give yourself one of the better chances. Mm-hmm. But anyone who says they should win when there's this many, this much competition, that's just not accurate. I mean, you've been in sports. Uh, you were an athlete. We all know, especially those of us who follow pro sports, there are zero guarantees going in. doesn't make a difference how good you are. Now, Colorado, who looked like they could destroy everybody last year, there are no guarantees for them. But we, we assume that they'll be there with a chance to win at the end, going into the playoffs, and then it's a crapshoot. So your team should be there. Yeah, I think, look, we have just as good of odds as anybody. And if we're, if our odds aren't as good as somebody else's, they're within a margin of error that mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to wager on. Um, Do you really you want to talk about gambling already? <laughs> always. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how we run it, right? We're just, it's not, we're not, we're just getting the odds in our favor. But right. I don't, that is, I guess, the premise of gambling. <laughs> no, but there is a conversation about that that we'll have. Um, so you, you talked about talent. And you clearly have that. The level of talent on the team this year, as even even when you're looking looking at it just analytically, the level of talent and production that you feel like you have this year versus the first year you put teams together. So that would be before the eighteen nineteen season. How do you compare the two? I think we thought that team was a nine the first team hired Rod the first time we got to do anything. That was a 95-point team, and mm-hmm. this is probably a 108-point team. If you played 1,000 seasons, right? that'd be your average. You know, 116 last year was – that's pretty fortunate, um, no matter how good you are. Right. Uh, and that first year, we probably overperformed, a, you know, a point or two. That's about what we were. And then – Yeah, they got to 98, right? Yeah, and yeah. we got lucky uh, – to me, when you win in the playoffs, it's a little bit of luck, right? Just like when we lost, it was bad mm-hmm. luck. I don't. I, I think seven games is not enough to figure out who the best team is in hockey. You need you need more games than that. So you need to have some luck at that point. You need to be good enough, right? And then you need to, you need some breaks. Are you advocating for not not just expanding the playoffs, but expanding the series? <laughs> no, I mean I think it is An eleven what it game is. series. <laughs> I, I think if you wanted, I mean the problem is. If you really want to know who the best team is, you play more games, and whoever has the most wins, that's no fun. Right. So, you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the way it works is pretty good. But yeah, I just I'm just realistic about the fact that yeah, there's only so much you can do. You can have a big impact in the regular season and the playoffs. You when you win, whoever wins, they had they got the right call, the right time, the right bounce. I mean that game, mm-hmm. the game four that we lost might have been the best game we played all year. The one to the Rangers. Yeah, we were dominant. Yeah, uh, and we hit five posts and mm-hmm. got some calls that probably could have gone both ways. And they're going to go our way sometimes, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're not. And that's 
but it's better that I think than losing and know you weren't good enough. Mm. Like I think that first year when we lost in the playoffs to Boston, it we were competitive, but we it wasn't like we should have won. We could have won. Could have won game one. Right. Could have won a lot of them, but yeah. we shouldn't have. Right? They were a little better than us. Yes. And and so I just want to be where I think we're marginally better than the other team when we enter a series because you're not going to be way better. Right. If we're marginally better than you just keep playing and. All right, a couple of things about the team, and then I want to move on to some bigger issues that I know you're, uh, you're excited about. And I know you don't want to look too far ahead, and I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about two years from now. Sure I do. Two, well, two years from now, Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravainen, Brett Pesci, maybe Brady Shea, Seth Jarvis. Contracts are all up. What kind of... Because when I think about the window, to me... The window could be that. And so what kind of preparation thoughts are going through your head about where the roster is at two years from now? You know, I think, like I, you, you talked about, Slavin's never playing anywhere else. <laughs> well, you got three years for him. Yeah, he's never <laughs> playing anywhere else. Ajo's never playing anywhere else. Uh, I don't think Pesci's ever playing anywhere else. Um, you know, Shea was somewhere else, but I'd like to think he, he's not playing anywhere else. Mm. And we're just getting started with Jarvis, and the whole world's wanted us to trade Jarvis, and we've could have, mm-hmm. we, we wouldn't for a reason. So I think that, I think that, it was difficult in the past because some of these people, and you knew because we would talk, right? There was a good chance they weren't going to be here. It was going to take some things that, that might not have been long term best for us. Um, and they're really good players that left, but the situation wasn't right. I think the situation for the people you named. Uh, the situation we're in, the situation they're in, what's happening with the cap, I think we're going to work those out. I, I would I would expect them all to be here for a long time because I agree with you. Because not only are they good players, they're good people. Mm-hmm. And we are, we don't need, we want to get better. We don't need to get better. Right. It's It's funny how much I talk about these things with the head coach. And Rod is, and it's because of who Rod is. And you know Rod very well now. Um it comes down to that for him, maybe more than anything else. Who are you as opposed to what are you? There, we, we would not get new players very often <laughs> if it were up to Rod. And by the way. That is true. It's more up to Rod. I don't know what other coaches do, but I can right. tell you what his opinion is the most important opinion in the organization. Um, but what's good about him is you can sort of look out when you say you don't want to look two years out i do mm-hmm. i want to be good every year i don't ever want to sit there in the beginning of the year and say we don't have a chance and i think that's possible um we're probably less likely to go to go do something short term to get two percent better mm-hmm. and give up five years of our future um but you know rod once you get somebody who try works hard for you and has character Rod's going to stick with them as long as he possibly can, and that's that's what one of the things that makes him so great. And then the other side of that is you've got to look out to the future mm-hmm. and how many years do you let today's feelings mm-hmm. af- impact? And it's hard because every deal you sign for a player that's a little older starts off really good. Right. So it's going to hurt for a couple years. I just don't want it to hurt. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather it hurt in the beginning than at the end. All right, uh, just throwing this in here, the captain, 
Jordan Stahl. He's this not is... going anywhere else. <laughs> okay. He's playing here. All right, good. Uh, have, have, we have we had any discussions with Jordan Stahl's representatives about what's going, what happens after this year yet, or are we waiting until after the year? I think Don has lightly talked, but I don't think it's an... I, he's... That's going to be fine. Okay. I mean, I, I think he and I think he feels the same way Don feels and Rod feels, and I know how I feel. Um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't feel right if that wasn't the case. I think the head coach looks at Jordan and sees a little bit of Rod in him. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Jordan's probably better than Rod at the same age. I'll disagree. I know. I'm telling you, Jordan is that good. Jordan's excellent. No, no, excellent. I'm not knocking Jordan. I think, see, my feeling is, and maybe I'm guilty of being uh, way too much Team Rod Brindamore. I don't know why For he's sure not in the Hall are. of Fame. Well, that's very just guilty stupid. Of that. that he's not in the Hall of Fame stupid. Right, very dumb. Um, well, he's in one Hall of Fame. We'll get to that in he? a minute. He's in, well, yes. No, he is. And one, well, come on. Okay. We, the news me. broke yesterday that there's a Hurricanes Hall of Fame. Oh, that. Yeah. Is he in that? Yes, because his number's in the rafters. Oh, he's already in? He's in. Ron's in. And Glenn Wesley's in. Yeah. Um, but I think the most, one of the most underrated things about Rod was just how good he was. So he was a fabulous point producer as well, uh, on top of everything else that yeah, he did. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's fair. Maybe I shouldn't have said he's better, but I'm saying that's the quality of, I think Jordan's that important. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't think, the average fan here realizes, and I don't want to insult anybody. Right. I don't think the average fan realizes the impact. I think Rod is the president of that fan club. As yes, you know. he is. <laughs> and so he realizes it. Um, and I think everybody organizationally realizes it. It would be, it would be a problem if we didn't have him. Uh, there are, there are very few players whose impact are felt a ripple effect if they're out of the lineup. Like, no offense to the star players. You can get away with uh, a, a game or even a month without Andre or even Sebastian. I don't know that it's the same without number 11. Although they survived in 18-19, Jordan was out, missed 30-some-odd games with concussions, and they somehow managed to win. It, it's not... The thing about this is we're fine without any one of them, maybe even two of them for some amount of time. Maybe you go from 108-point team to 106 and right. then 104, but eventually it catches up to you. Yeah. Um, but those couple points are the difference between the best teams and the pretty right. good teams. And so you can't be one of the best teams. But we'd be really good without any one or two players. We're, we have that much sort of work ethic, talent, coaching, but it would hurt to lose any of the guys you named. And it would hurt the most, I think, to lose 74. Stadium game. No tickets left? What? Are you surprised by how fast that, like, I don't know if there there are probably some tickets left, but are you surprised at how fast that game just took off in terms of interest, tickets sold, how the community rallied around it? So it's it's tricky to answer that because I was convinced we would do do well with that game Mm -hmm. and that you know, for this town, that's the right event around hockey because clearly um, nobody here that grew up here or their families from here, no different than any other Southern, it's not in your DNA, right? right. It's a learned thing. It's just different than people mm-hmm. who grew up grew up with it in their DNA. And But I think what's in the DNA here is the tailgating and the outdoors and the event and all that. And so I, I believe the DNA around the event 
was more important than the fact that it was us, right? right. Like I'd like to, I'm really proud of the hurricanes and all those mm-hmm. things, but this was more about the event. And so, yeah, I felt pretty confident the event would carry, but then when you add the team's pretty good and there's interest in the team with the event, it's, I, I think, I think you'd be, it wouldn't be completely true to say you expect it to have gone this well this early <laughs> with the tickets. Uh, my my conversations with the people around Raleigh is that one thing Raleigh is they love events. Yeah. Uh, when the All Star Game was here, I mean it was massive how the community turned out for that. We're skating outside downtown. Uh, Raleigh is 65 degrees. They put fake ice out uh, in front of the convention center. People were skating around. It was just a tremendous event. And this is what this is what Raleigh is really good at. You know, we you know we we do lots of shows here, right? Mm-hmm. And we're consistently one of the best markets when someone because they don't think first to bring a show here, and we work really hard to get the best right. names to come here. And like Adam Sandler just announced, and we were the highest in the country. So they open the, they do it just lower bowl. They open the upper bowl. So yeah, there's something that happens here mm-hmm. um, that I think is consistently not appreciated um, outside of here when it comes to those type things. I just saw Roger Waters here not that long ago. How was it? Excellent. It's a good place to watch a show. Excellent. We had uh, sitting right down there in the lower bowl. Uh, tremendous. It was it was just a great presentation as well aside from the music tremendous presentation it did it did beat you over the head in terms of issues but that's roger waters you know you you know that going in is he is he is he uh... super political and oh nobody is safe really oh nobody's safe absolutely not um but the 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 around the outdoor game concert the night before carolina state basketball pretty good the day after uh, do we are we ready to announce who the concert is yet, or do, can we're, we have we're ideas? Close. We're close. We have ideas. Uh, I, it won't it, be Prince. I know that. I know that, w- that would have been it, though. <laughs> I can assure you, it would have been Prince. <laughs> are you a hundred percent? You're a Prince guy. Oh yeah. Oh, stop good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Prince. All right. Good. If Prince was around, there would have been no budget for that. <laughs> we would have. We'd have gotten him. All right. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we got a good one, and it's we're down to the last little bit. Okay. Uh, we're fighting hard for it, and I think it's it's good. See, when I talked to you about this, this is, gosh, two years ago, maybe more than two years ago, this whole thing was concert, game, hoops yes. the next day. And it takes a lot of people to get that done, right? Because the, right. the hoops people have to agree and get the, mm-hmm. we want the certain teams. There's only Mess with the teams. schedule. The ACC schedule has yeah. to be yeah, altered and, for and that. We didn't have the... When the when the concerts are doing their tours, so you hold that Friday night, and mm-hmm. it has to be the right, it has to be the right one. We weren't going to put just anybody here that night, right? And so I think we got the right one. We just got to, all right, got to get it done. You so might have to tell me the off the air. One. I'll tell you as soon as we hang up. All right, let's uh, let's let's move on to the the Hurricanes Hall of Fame. Now, I don't know whose idea it was, uh, and I'm I was honored to be asked to be a part of it. Uh, so I've already. Uh, I've already voted. I know you've. We've all had to vote. Our votes had to be in weeks ago. Um, so just what are what are your thoughts on the Hurricanes Hall of Fame? And yes, Rod Brendamore is in it. He's also in the Flyers Hall of Fame. So he's in is two he? Halls of Fame. Uh, we'll get him in the big one eventually. But I'm not. I'm not going to editorialize any comments there. Yeah. At this point, it but. seems obvious. I, I assume usually when things are obvious, they happen. So okay. I hope. 
But what are your thoughts on the Hurricanes Hall of Fame and all of that, all the history here? No, I think it's fun. You know, it's it's. I'd like to be selective with it. You know, I want to make sure that it's not. Um, I don't want to. You don't think you should do it just to do it, right? Right. So I don't know how deep that bench goes. I think in ten years or fifteen years, when this, I think we got a group here that is it is there's a bunch of them. Yes. Um, if we can keep them together and get mm-hmm. them to play here long enough, right? You've got at least five on the ice tonight that I think are well in in terms of players who are close enough in terms of what they've accomplished already you just have uh, to you just got to win you, you do win, have to they win. all go <laughs> <laughs> well that's true that's it um so rod ron and glenn are already there because their numbers are retired and that's and they're all i mean great players at different different level glenn's not a hall of famer but he is a uh, huge part of the uh, the franchise. He came here from Hartford, played on the O2 team and the O6 team. He was a huge part of that. Um, and he was also part of the group that sold it to the community. I don't know if you know this, but I'm doing a 25th anniversary uh, Canes Corner podcast. And it's all, all about the move from Hartford. You oh, haven't really? checked it out? You should check it out. Is it up? Is it on? Oh, yeah. There's uh, episode six of, uh, I think we're going to end up with nine, dropped today. So this one's about the 2002 team. I'll, I'll listen for sure. And at least one Hurricanes, future Hurricanes Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going in this time. Who's that? Uh, Eric Cole was, uh, in, we talked a lot about the O2 team. Uh, Eric is, Eric's was a great player. He's a great guy. Super. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. What a good guy. One of the, one of the all-timers. Um, but there's a lot of, I mean, there were a lot more players that played here that are, in terms of the Hurricanes, will go in. Who maybe wouldn't you wouldn't think? Like I think you can make a case for a Ray Whitney to to go in, who was here in '09, actually was here in '06, and was a really good player for a while here. He's a great player. He's a heck of a golfer too. Have you ever played golf with Ray Whitney? No, but I got an argument with Ray Whitney. Did you? Yeah, he was in player safety, and somebody got fined, and I called him, and he he's fiery, and he and I got at it. Oh, really? And I loved. He's I liked him a lot. He, uh, I was you know. He's defending their position. I was sure. defend, trying to defend our player. Um, and uh, I forget which situation it was, but <laughs> I hung up and I called Willie. I'm like, I love that guy's awesome. So I hope he gets in just so he comes and we can see what he's got to say. He is a dynamite golfer. Is he? He caddied for, trying to remember who he caddied for in the Olympics in Rio in 16. Uh, one of the Canadian players. He caddied for, might have been, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, for all I know, but he ca- he caddied for for him at the Olympics. Ray, Ray is a Ray is a super dude. Um, Justin Williams, another future Hurricanes Hall of Famer. I can say that with uh, with all, I mean, confidence. We don't even need a committee. We just let you. Uh, I'll let do you it. Handle this. I'm on the committee for a reason. Uh, all right, now uh, to the arena and development and plans. Uh, based on everything that I have read and conversations that I have had, things have gone fairly well. It's very intense around here right now. Yeah. Uh, things have gone pretty well. How would you term where everything is at this point? Yeah, I think everybody's working well together and trying to make sure you know everyone's happy with whatever we can figure out to do together. So I think I agree. I think we're making progress. I, and uh, I, I I just you know the key is just make. There's so many people involved. Mm-hmm. You just have to make sure everybody everybody's happy. Are you happy? 
if we get it done, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm quite confident it's not going to be exactly what I would do if I got to do it myself, but Why that's not, not that's just not the way the world works. <laughs> and so, but yes, I think there's, I think doing something here where there's, it's more vibrant, there's more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that should make everybody happy. I think it's good economically. I think it's good for the entertainment value. I think it makes this whole thing more sustainable. Um, and I, for me, I like to do stuff, right? Right. Like when I drive up here, big parking lot. Yeah. I think about, let's go make, how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. And, you and don't like so, a parking lot? I mean, parking lots have, have <laughs> most people are trying to not have as many parking lots. Right. You need some, right? I yeah. also don't like not having a parking space too. So I'm not, mm-hmm. there's a balance here that we just sure. have to figure out. But you're going to have parking decks. There'll be more parking. It'll be, if you do, if you plan this right, it'll be easier getting out of here and there'll be more parking. It just won't be exactly like it is today. Right. Uh, are, are you worried? I, I know uh, NC State is always afraid of that, the tailgate culture. You've got a great tailgate culture out here. Are you worried at all about damaging that? Or, and I think this is a fair response, um, they'll get over it. No, I actually think the response is it'll be better. Okay. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have more opportunities with more shade slash power slash, you know, like we'll Are put you saying in some green of, spaces too? Well, I think we'll be able to put in some infrastructure that makes it easier for people to spend the day here. Okay. And... And the ones who don't want to work as hard are going to are going to have an easier time at it. But you'll be able to still do exactly what you're doing today. So I just think you're going to have more choices. Okay. And usually um, change is always hard for people, but choices are usually people are usually happy if they get more choices. So I think the goal with all this is to give people more choices. So the people who really want exactly what they've mm-hmm. got. And after they see their choices, some people are going to default to what they know. And some people right. are going to say that's better. And that's our job, right, is to work together to figure that out. All right, fi- final thing about this, and then a goofy question. Um, when you close your eyes and imagine what it's going to look like at the end, uh, forget about what people uh, are going to kind of get you to do. What would you like to see it be uh, at the end? I-, I think if we can keep this whole tailgating fun, like you talked about the outdoor game, there's something about the vibe here that, that – we have to protect mm-hmm. at the same time. How do we add some of the things we don't have with, you know, live music venues and restaurants and hotel and just people working here and being here and making this, mm-hmm. making this like people living here too. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I'd like to see is just it to be an entertainment district where you can, you know, the whole live work play is kind sure. of overused maybe, but that's, I think that's what people want to do. I, mm-hmm. I just was down the street at some new, the new place. Um, they've got some restaurants and apartments. I don't know what it's called. It's like four or five miles away in Cary. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really neat and it's, it's still under construction. They're, they're building all this stuff and, you know, to be able to go somewhere like that and have choices of what you want to eat. And right. I just, I don't know. I like it. That would, most people like it. That would be great. Um, Top golf going to be here. Yeah. It's close to opening at the airport. But it's all the way over at the airport. Why can't we get it here? Is I can't that wait. far? You guys are so spoiled here. There's like no traffic here. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I no. grew up in the New York area. I keep telling people who complain about traffic, you go uh, try to drive on the LIE at like 
11 o'clock at night yeah, and talk to me about traffic. It's the same there at midnight as it is here at rush hour. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, they're, they're, <laughs> people here are very spoiled on the whole traffic thing. <laughs> That'll do it for us here at the Canes Quarter Podcast. Hurricanes win it 4-1. Very nice start. San Jose is next. I mean, late night. Hurricanes after dark. <laughs> San Jose, Western Canada, all of that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and the Hurricanes, again, are off to a good start. Martin Natchez with a goal and two assists. Andre Svechnikov had a goal. Um, Seth Jarvis with a goal. Brady Shea with a goal. Awesome game. Freddie Anderson played really well. My three stars, three Brady Shea, two Martin Natchez, one Freddie Anderson. And there you go. The Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. From windows to doors to roofing to everything for the exterior of your home. Online, free no obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. You can't go 82-0 and without going 1-0. And that's what the Hurricanes are. One win, no losses. See ya after San Jose. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network.